Welcome to another episode of NY Just Fans with host Davin Sharman and Chris. Please make sure to follow us at NY Just Fans Podcast as we come into you with another episode. And Robert Salah signed the five-year deal. We got our new head coach, and he just had his press conference not too long ago. So uh, we're gonna we started off with Sharman because we we know he's very excited about this um this new addition. Um, talk talk about what energy you felt from from Robert Salah interview, and also how you feel about Mike Lafleur being the offensive coordinator, and um the new and they got and I think they got a whole new defensive coordinator if I if I'm not too sure, but I'm gonna let you speak more on it. Go right ahead. Yeah, man. Um, I'm very very excited about the possibilities of this guy. Um, you don't hear praise being hipped onto a a coaching uh, um, prospect like uh, like he has in the in the in this you know in the in this coaching cycle. I mean, you've heard guys get you know people get hot about certain people and stuff like that, but literally from players and coaches and and talking heads on television and G- former GMs, everybody just was talking. They, they were so in love just with the guy, the person. They weren't even talking about the coach. They were just talking about the person himself and listening to um, interviews of the 49ers t- players, 49ers head coaches, uh, head coach and uh, 49ers assistants. It's the same all around that people are in love with him and the kind of guy he is. And that's not, and like I said, it, it, it's, it wasn't even just, people weren't even talking about the football. They were just talking about the guy. And when you l- hear, hear him talk, it literally mirrors all the things that you hear people say about him. He sounds like, what people say about him, which kind of lends itself to um, authenticity. You know, if you if you're the same guy to everybody and everybody speaks about you the same way, it seems to me it's common sense that that's just who you are. And um, everything he said in the press conference just sounds like you know, like like every word he spoke sounds like he was infusing this brand new energy into the jets that I haven't, that we haven't felt in a very long time. And it, you know, I'm, I think we, I think as Jets fans, I think we knew that this day was coming because we embraced uh, um, Joe Douglas and we knew that Joe Douglas would do something to change this franchise. We knew that 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 things was going to change but we just didn't know how and when because when you've uh suffered like we have as a fan base it's hard to wrap your head around the the level of uh um you know the level of euphoria that good teams feel you know and when when they have everything in place um and in my opinion um there was a little bit of a, you know, okay, we 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 we, we trust you, man, but you got to make it happen first. And I think this is a huge step in really solidifying Joe Douglas as our G as a as one of the better GMs that the Jets have ever had because he literally got to hire a superstar head coach. You know, I know he hasn't coached one game, but I'm talking about 
just in the feel of it. You know, you when you hear him talk and and just looking at him and and what he might he he stands for, what he um around the league, what he stands for around the league, basically. Um there was a lot of quotes that just kind of reverberated in my mind. Um he said some he said um a question talking about about uh about football in general and he said football is a business he said people think football is a business and they say that all the time but he said no football is not a business football is a personal investment in people that is that is, to me that's 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 pretty uh that's something that really um like I, like piqued my interest when he said that you know so um so I, I love that. I love the the fact that he said there was a, there was a, a couple other things he said that kind of stuck out to me. That um, that he said. Um, uh, but um, that but one of the things that kind of I think I think his his the mantra the jet the new jet mantra, as our new head coach says, is all gas no break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's crazy in my opinion. This is new. This is New York, and that's how we live here, you know. Um, um, you know, Chris will tell you, and and Davin used to live here. He'll tell you that New Yorkers literally um, walk through fire to go to work. <laughs> you wouldn't even notice if the <laughs> they wouldn't even notice if there's a fire, really. Or they would look up. They'd be like, "Oh yeah, it's burning right," and then they'll just keep walking. You know, that's just how we do it. You know, we we our responsibilities take you know, take first and second and third in, in our, in our, um, in the way we deal things, deal with things every, you know, every day. So when you have a head coach that kind of personifies what a New Yorker really is, you know, that's, man, that's next level, you know, um, in my opinion. And um, one of the things that kind of stood out to me, again, it wasn't, this really didn't have anything to do with Robert Sala in the first place, but uh, Chris Johnson saying that the the structure has changed, that um, that the head coach will be um, reporting to the GM. Guys, this is big news. Um, I know he said that it's not really a big thing in his opinion, but it just shows you how much that the owners of the Jets, how highly they think of Joe Douglas. Now they could just leave the football business to Joe Douglas. And this is awesome. We've been um, doing a lot of hand wringing talking about this as Jets fans. The fact that we get our wish here and we get our wish as one of the bright young head coaches in the NFL to come over as something else. And he's brought also brought with him a lot of young promising coaching assistants. Um, Mike LaFleur, um, we're one of my favorite play callers in the NFL is my is Kyle Shanahan and his father Mike Shanahan watching football from back in the day um just the the creativity and just the fresh you know the the freshness of the play calling stuff that you just don't see a lot in the NFL and if you see it it doesn't really look the same way as when Kyle does it and Mike LaFleur has been has been with him for the last couple years I think um and and he he's and that system that literal that system is what's going to be carried here um um i think one of the highlights of 
that system is the fact that almost any running back <laughs> that has ever ran in any any of the Shanahan systems, they seem like they're like elite superstars for some reason. Anywhere else they go, they're kind of okay. But <laughs> in that system, they they shine bright. I I you know. But 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 that was that was um, one guy that I really um, liked that he hired as an offensive coordinator, and the defensive coordinator I think is going to be uh, Robert Ulrich. I think that's his name. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah, he's known to be a very fiery guy, very fiery personality. Um. So this is going to be just fire on top of fire, man. Uh, <laughs> um. He's at, um, he Greg, actually did pretty good last um, this past season. He yes. was the uh, the intern uh, defensive coordinator after in uh, in Atlanta after they fired their head coach. Yeah, and he did uh, pretty well Morris, down the stretch. Yeah, after Morris became the head coach, he was named defensive coordinator. And you know, when you look at it, he did pretty good. So I think it's a you know I think a lot of people are like who is this guy? You know, just hmm. look up the Falcons. You know, the second part of their year after after they fired. Um, What's his face? The head coach. Um, after they fired Quinn, uh, they, they actually played pretty well down the stretch defensively. They, you know, they hung in and, you know, we know they don't have the most talent on that defense and uh, he did pretty good. So I feel pretty good. Salah was really confident when they asked him, are you going to be calling uh, the defensive uh, plays? And he said, no, because uh, the defensive coordinator Obrich will, uh, and he goes, I've, I'm totally confident in, in his calls. So I thought yeah. that was a good thing. That was awesome too, man. And, 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 and I've been, I, I think I told you guys a, a while ago that uh, one of the, the names that I, that really interests me was uh, Aaron Whitecotton, uh, the defensive line coach. Um, he, he had, uh, he had spent a lot of time um, 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 learning from uh, Chris Crook. Uh, Kukurik, I think that's his name, is is known to be one of the better defensive line coaches in the NFL. So you're taking a, 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 stu a student of probably one of the best in the game to come coach Quinnen Williams, who's one of the best in the game. I mean, there's so much here, man. I mean, I'm I'm just I'm I'm I, I I'm I'm a little speechless to tell you the truth because I can't find the words, man, to tell you how. Um, just happy I am to see things work out the way they are now. It's I understand there's a lot of work to do. I understand that 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 there's a lot of things that need to line up for everything to go. But but as a Jets fan today, I am very very happy. Uh, a couple other things that I got from the the press conference too. The one, you know, the big question was Sam Donalds. They asked him, "What do you think of him? And is he is he going to be a starter?" He, you know, he spoke very highly of him, um, which was great. You know, he's got this, he's got, you know, he loves the way he plays. And then when they asked him if he's, if you're going to name him the starter for the team, uh, he says that, you know, I, he didn't want to name him the starter. You know, he's got to um, basically analyze the whole roster and he doesn't want to name it. It's not right. So in that way, it's, a, you know, that kind of leaves it open. But supposedly from all the reporters that we've been, you know, all the reports that we're getting is that he does think very highly of him and so does Joe Douglas. So that kind of leans it towards, oh, maybe they're going to keep him. But that also might be a smokescreen saying, yeah, we love him. We, we want to keep him to maybe get his trade value up. So we can kind of look at it 
you know, both ways. I don't think he would have named, like if, if you, you would have asked him, oh, who's going to be the starting left tackle this, this year? I don't think he would have told you Beckton, right? I think he would have gave you the same answer. I want right. you know, we have to look over the whole roster and, you know, and all this kind of stuff. So, which is true. I mean, think about it. He was just named what Thursday, Thursday night. Yes. So he's only had three, four days, you know, less about a week now to really look at the roster. So um, I, I thought, you know, I thought that was a little telling, but also like, Oh, okay. That's, that's no big deal. I mean, I, I think that's the, the typical new head coach answer, you know? So I don't know if we have yeah. to be excited. Yeah, I don't think, right. I don't think, I don't think there's too much to read into this. Um, I'm, I spoke to, uh, talking to Davin before we started recording about it. Um, yes. Um, I, I, you could glean from what he said that, that, you know, that they might not, you know, they don't have an idea or they don't want to put any kind of, uh, they don't want to show their hand, basically, which I think is the best way to go to go at this. Um, you don't want to tell anyone what your plans are for that Sam Donald at this point, um, because then because then showing your hand would, would make you vulnerable, you know, as an organization for whatever steps you're going to take next. Now, if you if you're saying, oh, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to, you know, if you kind of show your hand that. Oh yeah, we. I think we're stepping up. We're stepping away from Sam Donald, and we're gonna hire some, get somebody new. Um, if you wanna want to trade him, what kind of value you're gonna get for him? That's the, you know, you, people people know that you want to trade him, so they're like, oh, so you want to get him out of off of your hand? Then mm-hmm. okay, you know. But if but if you're not, oh, you're nonchalant about the whole thing. You're basically not letting anybody know what your deal is. Um, people will be inquiring, and this is what you want. You want teams to start calling hey man what's the deal with donald what's the, you know and he'd be like yeah what's the deal what's the deal you know yeah and I, then I, let the, <laughs> let that team start talking let that team start saying hey man you know if you want to you know part ways man you know i'm about to absolutely <laughs> exactly you know let them doing... start the conversation hey he's doing the same thing kind of like what he did with with um with adams you know he's kind of leaving it open yeah, we're not shopping him, but I'm not going to, you know, not pick up the phone if someone calls me about him, you know, right. and that's basically with this too. I'm sure if someone gave you a first round pick for him, uh, okay, <laughs> well, we could do that deal, you know, if it's a right. little less, maybe they won't, you know, maybe, right. and then we, you know, the whole thing with Deshaun Watson, we got to see how that plays out. So right. it, there's so many other dominoes that are going to fall to see where we're going to get to Sam, you know, and, and then the draft, What you know. The draft, we got the number two picks. That means we're probably going to get or we'll have the opportunity to get the second best quarterback in the draft or first. It depends on, you know, how they rank them. So uh, it, it just it. what's great about Joe Douglas since he's been here, everything has been close to the close to the vest, basically, uh, with everything. You know, we have we had no idea Salah was going to be the head coach uh, until last week, Thursday night when they named it. You know, before right. that, we were like, this could be anybody, you know, like they're, they're interviewing more people. So, and I love well, it. Adams, same thing with Adams. We didn't know he was going to get traded until it happened. So well, the, the, the thing was, was solid for real. Like, I think if, we, if you listen back to the last episode we recorded, I literally said that I didn't think that him leaving the building meant that he was, that was it for him. Because I thought, I thought there was a shot that the Jets would get him. I really seriously thought that there was a shot 
that the Jets still could get him. Because even when he went to hire for Philly, it was almost like the whole NFL was quiet because he went nowhere else. Nobody else, and not behind the scenes, nothing we heard on 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 the wire was saying, oh, he was going to multiple interviews and this one's calling him over there, nothing. And it just, I, I'm not going to go out of my way and say, oh yeah, I knew for sure, but I definitely weren't, wasn't discouraged about him getting hired, um, getting hired um, as the Jets, as the Jets I, coordinator. Yes, I wasn't feeling 100% about it. I was feeling about 50%, to tell you the truth. Yeah, I, I was much lower because I, yeah, I, knew I remember. Hot. I know he was hot on everybody's list. So I thought, all right, if he goes to talk to someone else, he's going to blow someone else away. And they're going to be like, all right, you're not leaving the building. You know, we're, we're signing you right now or, or whatever happens, you know. So I, I was shocked and I'm very happy because I, he was one of the two of my top choices that I wanted. So I'm very happy he's here. And the press conference gives me even more confidence of why, you know, that he's here and then that we're going to build a winning team on here. It's, and there's so many options out there that we, we keep hearing about Sam trade, Sam, are we going to draft the quarterback? Are we now the whole Deshaun Watson thing comes around. So you know, it's, it's exciting now, finally, to be a Jet fan. I mean, and this was the worst, you know, one of the worst seasons, if not the worst season, to be a Jet fan. And now it's become very exciting again. And now we got so much hope for the future and for the present that it's, it's pretty amazing how we went from the absolute worst in 2020 to 2021 has got so much hope and it's pretty amazing. So I'm looking forward to this offseason. Yeah, yeah. I think at the I think at the end of the the day is that um Jets fans felt more confident in the coaching that we have now than what they felt in Gaze two years ago. No doubt. So, <laughs> so I'm thinking that's a big positivity. And um with the Sam Darnold thing, I I'm still kind of on the fence about it. I know you know you got to say the right things and you have to do the right things, but. For Joe Douglas and for you know for the for our new head coach, for just for just coming out and just saying well you know saying great things about him but not you know you're not naming the starter you kind of you kind of think about it and, and will Donald be there? Will Donald won't be there? It's a 50 50 chance. I'm I'm not gonna say it's a it's 75. You know I'm I'm it's all I guess it all depends on what they want to do, but um. I guess since we since we're gonna talk about Watson as well, I I feel if they do make a trade for Watson, I think I I wouldn't I I won't be mad at all. Um, that just means we're a couple of more pieces closer to not least not reaching Super Bowl level, but a playoff level, you know. So I that that trade would be crazy. I don't. We still don't know what's gonna happen with Watson till this day. Yeah, um, I think I, I think on that on the Watson thing, you can't as a Jets fan, you can't um, you cannot talk about the possibilities here. Um, I want to make a couple things very clear. My opinions here: if if this if this guy gets um, if the Jets has an opportunity to bring him in, I'm all for it. That's number one, and um, and uh, everybody that's talking about picks and all that. Um, 
uh, I think as a Jets fan, you should know better than a lot of teams how what jet what what uh what picks turn into. There is no guarantee that any pick could turn into the greatest anything. You have a completely young superstar quarterback. You will you should move mountains to get him. Um, but I'm not gonna be overly exuberant about. Oh, you know, we're going to get him. We're going to get him. I'm going to reserve that for the day it happens because, uh, oh, yeah, I will be uh, excited. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, you know what? And it comes down to where he wants to go because he's got that no trade clause. So, and uh, to be honest, I mean, we have not heard him say, I want out. You know, we've heard rumors. Very true. That, you know, we've heard rumors that he wants out you know, or that he he's played his last game and all that, but we haven't actually heard the trade re- request yet. So I, that's why I'm kind of like calming my excitement down. I'm excited yep. that it could happen. Sure. And then, okay, let's say he does ask for a trade. Then if it comes down to who can make the trade for him, right? Not number one. And number two, where does he want to go? Cause he's got the no trade clause. So he's in total control of this whole thing. So even if the Jets have the best offer, let's say if we do, you know, we throw in an extra first round pick and he goes, nah, I don't want to go to New York, which is very possible, you know, because we've seen players do that to us many times over the years. So I'm not, that's the other thing, you know, and here's a quick thing out of the top eight teams in salary cap space that would be able to fit him in. Okay. Six out of the eight are very possible options. It's the Patriots, the Jaguars, the Colts, the Jets, Washington, and Miami. All those teams obviously need a quarterback and have enough cap space to do it. Now it comes down to where he wants to go and what these teams can offer. And exactly, and that and that's and out of all the all the teams you mentioned, the six teams, there's only there's only a couple teams that have the the firepower to basically give the Texans uh, back um, in co- a compensation for, for one of the better players in the NFL right now. Um, yeah. Um, the Patriots don't have the level, the level of picks that the Jets do. I think the only team that have the level of picks that the Jets do is Miami. If you're looking at it and, um, and everybody is saying Miami is in need of a quarterback. Um, are we so sure that Miami is done with two already after nine games? I don't know if they yeah. put him, but I think they would. Yeah. He would be part of a deal, or they would definitely move on from him to get Deshaun. It's true. Uh, <laughs> get it. But I don't think they want to judge him by, by nine games. Um, no, I don't think from, from from what the rumors are saying. You know, they they that which is true. You know, you you don't expect to you can't you can't expect two with the go over there and do the shit that Watson done, which is impossible, especially with the team that Watson had last season. <laughs> the yeah. man still put up Pro Bowl numbers with with average. I'm gonna say average. I'm not gonna say below average because that means that's just worse. But I'm gonna say average wide receivers and so forth and so forth. Yeah, and yeah. some of them were injured at some point <laughs> in and out of the lineup. Um, subpar talent at tight end. I mean, sub, that? like that Traded offensive out, line was uh, questionable. 
yeah, that, that offensive line is questionable in spots. I mean, just the fact that the dude could do what he does is ridiculous. Um, I remember some, I can't, I can't remember which coach it was. It was a um, college coach literally point calling him. I think when he was drafted, um, Michael Jordan in, in cleats, <laughs> which is kind of crazy. That is some of the plays that he does. But yeah, comparing a player to Michael Jordan, anybody that knows basketball or any sport knows what that means. Um, but that's really high praise coming from anybody. But that's the level of player you're getting. And, and, and anybody that's to think that this would be some kind of sellout by the Jets is ridiculous. Um, this would be a home run for the Jets. Yeah, I, I, I think it is. But then you, you can look at it the other way, too, where if you're going to give up at least, I'm going to say at least three first-round picks, that would be the minimum. It might take more because there, if there are multiple teams in on them, that price is going to get a little bit higher. Plus the Jets, we might have to go a little bit higher because maybe we're not on number one on his list. So um, to me with the Jets, yeah, three first-round picks we could definitely do because we have multiple this year, multiple next year. Um, so it could definitely, and then we could push it into 2023, give them that one. Um, so I, I don't think it's that bad. Uh, when it gets to like four first round picks, then you start saying, okay, maybe not because are we ready <laughs> yeah, to because win? Because then you're selling your future out. Yeah. Right. But, but you got to weigh it but, out because look at it. If we, if we give up the three first round picks, yeah, we're still going to have cap space to make moves. I get it. You know, people are saying, oh, we could still sign guys and get better. I get it. But are we going to be, all right, we're obviously going to be better with, with Watson. So I'm not saying we're going to be not as good, but we're definitely going to be better. But are we going to be a playoff team? Because when he was with the Texans, when you look at the Texans team, are we that far off from the Texans last year? I would say nope. not really. <laughs> not really. I agree. Yeah, so we might be five and 11 next year with Watson after the trades and, you know, because who knows? We don't know. We still don't know what they really want. They might want picks and a player. So, yeah, you know, exactly. I'm not saying they get asked for Becton or, or uh, Quinn Williams, but they might ask for something back from us. And, Sam. you know, and look at Washington. They might say, OK, we'll give you two first round picks and we'll give you Chase Young. Yeah, okay, no. But I'm just saying. Anyway. Right, I'm just saying. But... Yeah, that's the same thing with Quentin Williams. Yeah, somebody said. I think, oh, I think, oh, I yeah, think it was. Somebody rolled it down. Oh, yeah, I think it was uh, our You wouldn't give up. Whoa, whoa, you wouldn't give up Chase Young for, for Deshaun Watson? No. No. Chase Young is an animal. I, I just prime right now and I get this the quarterback scenario. This is what. It's difficult. Well, we'll see. This, I will. I will say this, right? And this is where this is where I think we kind of disagree a little bit. Um, there's one specific thing that you've you said, um, um, that 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 kind of uh, controls what happens next with all this. Uh, he literally has control over wherever he's going to end up. So the fact that oh, the Jets might not be the highest on his radar. What if? That's where he wants to go. What if that's where he wants to go? What if he says, because of his, his, his the fact that he has power over where he, he wants to land, what if he says, I want to go to the Jets? Then, then 
it's up to the Jets and the Texans to hammer out whatever deal they need to hammer out to get get him out of Texas and for the Texans to get whatever back. So so it wouldn't matter who's who. There'll be no competition. This is what this is going to end up. If this really is going to happen, whichever team he chooses, there's not there's not going to be a competition between that team and any other team. It's just going to be a conversation on agreement or, or between the team that he wants to go to and his current team. That's it. So it's going to be, I think that's going to help with the negotiation. And also, I think that's going to make the price not that, not as high as we're thinking. You know, I don't, that's, that's in my opinion, that's what it, really it sounds comes, like to me. You know what? It comes down to how many teams are involved. The more, the but team- Chris, but this is what I'm trying to say. If he does not want a million teams involved and all he says to the Texans is, I want to go to the Jets. It doesn't matter who else is involved. It only matters that's where he wants to go. And it will only matter what the Texan, Texans say to the Jets. Hey, my player wants to come over. I want so-and-so. I would There's think, no, right. you know, I, that's I what you're saying, but I would think he's going to have more than one team on his list because if he goes, to, right, let's say he goes to the Jets. I mean, he goes to the Texans and say, I only want to go to the Jets. That's it. I, I like their head coach. I like what they got going. I want to go there. Okay. So they call up Joe Douglas and say, okay, we want four first round picks. Joe Douglas is like, mm, I don't think I could do four. How about three? And they're like, we could do three, but we'll do three in Mims. How's that? And then Joe will be like, yeah, that's too much. You know, so that it's going to really depend on what you're saying. Yeah. And I agree, but it depends really then on what the Texans, because the Texans don't have to do it because then they could say, okay, if you're going to sit out, what are you going to do? You're not going to, you're not going to play for us this year. If we can't trade you, you know, are you going to sit out? You're going to, you're going to well, go well, 25 million or whatever he's going to get this year. Well, this is the conversation though, Chris. <laughs> and the only reason why we're having this conversation is um, we're, we're talking about uh, of the conversation being that far ahead that it is to the point where they're okay with him leaving, right. you know, but in reality, now let's take it back now to reality in reality, where we stand in now, the Texans w- are not okay with trading him. They haven't come forward and said they are. And I wouldn't, if I were the new GM, I wouldn't trade that dude. I would go find him and sit on his doorstep until he opens his door. You know, I would beg him to stay. I, I th- this is the part, the other part of the conversation. As much as as Jets fans, we could wish and wish uh, and wish or whatever. Teams don't give up players like that. That's unheard of. So, if I were the Texans or the um, the owner McNair, I would find this dude that wine and dine him and bring him wherever and knock on his door and, and you know send pebbles at his window at night. <laughs> Hey, they supposedly try to call profess him, love to him. So <laughs> he he's probably waiting. You know what? There's no rush on this anyway. But I'm sure he's exactly. just waiting to see what they do with the head coach. Like, what are they going to do? I, I, to me, it looks like they're waiting for the enemy now because they really haven't been connected to anybody. So very true. Yeah, that me, is a very very interesting thing. The fact that they haven't been connected to anybody is kind of, and I think, and I is you know, I think. The whole uh, soap opera going on with with uh, with uh, Deshaun Jackson right now on on social media and and over the airwaves, 
I think that kind of might lend itself to be kind of a, a, a negative thing for the, for the hire, if you understand what I'm saying. Um, so it might have pushed some people away, especially the, if, the, if you're feeling like the relationship between the quarterback and the, and the, or the star player and the organization is not right way you want it. Which coach want to end up in the midst of that? You know, no coach would want to. You know, you want to you want to know, you know, where they as an organization are and what the star player, where he is, where he's head at, you know, at first before you take that job. So I so I think that's probably the fact. One of the reasons why things are so quiet around the Texans. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's interesting. And and we could talk about the whole coaching searches, too, because about is it fair for a guy like the who like last year, he made it to the Super Bowl this year. They went away from the Super Bowl. He has to wait till his season's over till he could really sit down and talk to a team. You know, they could do the Zoom meetings now, which which they just uh, did this year. They just started doing that this year. So, you know, is it fair to a guy like the enemy when he has to wait till his season's over? I mean, yeah, oh, it sucks. He has to go to the Super Bowl. But you know what I mean? He's got to <laughs> wait for his future now. Like last year, he could have... You know, he was obviously one of the hot candidates, but he had to wait till after the Super Bowl to talk to a team now. And then it's not right for the teams to have to wait for him because they want to get their offseason going. You know, they do they want to wait till, you know, the second week of February to get this thing straightened out? They want to get this done now so they can start this, moving on, you know, dealing it. So well, it goes both ways. I get it. Well, this is this is the problem with the and I totally understand where you're coming from, but you got to flip it to the other side, too. Um he has to, that's his job. His job yeah, is to I, no, execute I <laughs> as the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. And uh, I don't know when any job that would allow you to go interview for another job right in the middle of probably the most important time of the organization. Um, so I, so I, don't, I don't think that works. I don't know what they could do to kind of help that along a little bit. Um, because like you said, I think I, I, I kind of like the fact that they could do zoom meetings. I, I think, I think I, I like that. I, you know, it's um, something, yeah. because right. It gives you a kind of a taste of what you're going to get, you know, what you're looking for, you know? Um, so, so I like that. But like I said, I, I could, I, I would bet that one of the reasons why things are quiet with, with text, with text uh, in, in Texas is that, uh, um, that everybody's, you know, kind of uh, stepping back and, and watching what's happening with the organization and Deshaun Watson. And until Deshaun Watson and the organization quells whatever fires uh, or, um, that are burning over there, <laughs> um, I don't think anybody would want to jump at the chance to, to coach there. Because what if, what if you're going to coach a team without, without Deshaun Watson? How many people want that job? That, that's, I'm sure that's one of the big uh things in, in, that's going to be in the in the interview i'm sure that i mean one way or the other it's got to come out because you know the head coach is gonna be like okay what, what are we doing with watson are you guys trading him is he staying you know yeah that's got to get that definitely has to be resolved because i know as a head coach i mean i'll just you know like be enemy if he if that's his last opportunity which it is now um if, if he goes to them and starts interviewing with him the first thing i would say is What's going on with Watson? I, I can't come here unless this thing is resolved one way or the other. I want to know what I got. You know, do I have him or do I have 
you know, four first round picks and a player or whatever. So I could, that's definitely a big thing. And it's, it's, you know, it's huge and they got to figure it out and they got to figure it out soon because they got to figure out a head coach. You know, I mean, that's, that's coming up and or do you want to wait for the enemy? If you got to wait for him, it's probably going to be, you know, could be three more weeks before you talk to him really or two weeks. Uh, so um, yeah, it's a mess for sure. And if Houston messes this up, they're going to look like a joke <laughs> to, to get, oh. you know, you're losing a guy who's 25 years old and he's, you don't see a 25 year old elite franchise quarterback become available, whether it's free agency or, or in a trade. You know, teams just don't let these guys loose. And this guys he could be had, it looks like, you know. But we haven't heard anything yet, but that's what it's leaning towards. Yeah. It'll probably, it'll probably, if a trade won't happen, um, if a trade will happen, I don't think it'll happen. It'll, it won't happen until, like, after, I guess, they get to look at the, uh, the draft, <clears throat> like draft prospects from uh, this year's draft. So probably around April or something like that, but I don't, I don't, I don't see a trade happening no time soon. Just my opinion, but if it happens, but um, I don't we'll, think it'll drag that long. It can't because because how are they? How is a head coach going to come in knowing? I, I don't, you know, like if there's no definite answer, if unless they tell him, listen, we're trading him, but we're going to wait till, like you said, we're going to wait till the draft. And maybe we could get more from a team because they want to move up or down, whatever, you know, like maybe that'll entice them to give us more or something, you know, maybe they'll draft a player that we like, and then we could do it that way too. So you're right. It, it might come down to that, but I think they should know. They got to know. I mean, whoever the head coach is, he's going to yeah. want to know one way or the other. So yeah. And head coaching and, and head coaching positions. Sure. But, you know, I guess in Watson's situation, we won't, we won't ever know. Shit does happen sooner, sooner than we think, and you know, all the air clears out. <laughs> you know, all the smoke comes out the air, and there it goes. So, I figure, and in, in due time, we'll we'll know more. Um, I think we'll keep up with the with the Watson story and see sees what happened with the Texans because I don't see it because I I see the Texans uh, head coach in position unless Washington staying is really not a not a good taste. It's it's one of those bad bad tastes, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, before before we get into the head coaches, I just want to um, Ian Rappaport just reported this uh, Vikings offensive coordinator Gary Kubiak just retired. So okay, yeah, it's another job. Yeah, so it's another job opening, of course. Um, and due to that, now now we can get into the head coaches, the new head coaches, which is the Jaguars, Urban Myers. Um, Falcons, Arthur Smith, Lions, Dan Campbell, Chris. Well, I'm, I'm we're gonna get with you in a second, but the Eagles, Nick, <clears throat> sorry, Nick, Siri, not sorry, Siri, yes, and uh, Chargers, Chargers, um, Brandon Staley. Then, of course, the Texans got the question marks, but um, Chris, how you feel about the Eagles' new hire? Uh, you know what, I don't know much about the guy, so. All I know is that uh, Frank Reich is, is, has thought very highly of him and he became any, he, he was very highly recommended by him. So um, I'm excited because I, I respect a lot uh, of Frank Reich. So young kid, 
you know, you only hear good things about him so far, but uh, I really don't know much about him other than, um, you know, he's been in the league about 10 years. He started with the Chiefs in 09. You know, he's kind of moved around a little bit. Um, uh, the Colts offense has been pretty good the last couple of years, uh, obviously with luck. And then uh, last year with Brissett, and then this year, this past season with, uh, with Rivers, you know, uh, so I, he looks great. He looks like a good option. I was, you know, like after I heard about them interviewing McDaniel all day, I think it was last weekend, they had him in uh, Florida where Lori lives and he was there for nine hours and they were, you know, very impressed by him. It kind of looked like they were leaning towards him and then they didn't hire him. So I don't know. I mean, and what about McDaniel too? Is he going to get another shot? Uh, unless he's waiting for Belichick to retire, you know, we've always thought about that. So, but um, it seems like a good move. They need an offensive mind there to kind of fix uh, Wentz and Frank Reich was, you know, that was the big connection we were talking about. Maybe Wentz getting traded to the Colts to reunite with, with uh, Frank Reich. So maybe Frank Reich told something to Sirianni, uh, you know, how to coach him because we've been, we've been hearing not great things about Wentz not being coachable, uh, changing the plays in the huddle after they were called in, like he was changing the plays just to spite Peterson. Uh, so there was definitely something going on there. Didn't, it didn't sound good. So hopefully, uh, hopefully he could connect with, with Wentz like Frank Wright did and they could figure this out. The one guy I feel really bad for because he deserves something is, uh, is Deuce Daly. You know, he's been with Philly for a few years now. He was the uh, assistant head coach with, with Peterson. He's gone through two head coaches now and he was interviewed for them. Um, the players love him. The players actually were calling and texting uh, Laurie and, uh, and Roseman to be like, yo, this is the guy we want as head coach. That's how much they love this guy. Um, so I, I feel bad for him. I, I hope he, he lands somewhere. I don't know if he'll still be in Philly because, you know, Sirianni might want his own guys in there. And, but uh, who knows? I, I just hope he lands somewhere because he's a great guy. Um, players love him. So uh, he's the one guy I hope is not going to be standing around without a chair at this, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's an exciting time for a lot of teams. Um, getting their guys in town. Um, I think, um, I think, like, like we said, um, we said about who the Jets got and Robert Sala. Um, um, Urban Meyer is the, is an interesting pick um, for the Jaguars. Um, I understand he kind of fits the mold of what Shad Khan, the owner of the Jaguars wanted um, somebody with head coaching experience before the problem is he's never coached in the NFL. And you can't bring your, you know, rah-rah college coaching stuff to grown-ass men in the NFL. It doesn't work that way. There's one. There's a reason why there's not – there hasn't been that many co college coaches to cross over in the NFL and to be successful. So um, that remains to be seen. Um, we'll see how that goes. I mean, he's, he's one of the better college coaches that we've seen. Unfortunately, he's had um, – it's, it's kind of his uh, legacy is kind of marred in some some uh, indiscretions. Uh, um, 
quitting in too quickly at certain places and, and other off the field stuff. Um, we, but we'll see what happens over there with, with Urban Meyer. Um, Dan Campbell's press conference, if anybody uh, could uh, Google it or go watch it on, on, on YouTube, I, I think that was the funniest thing I ever saw ever. He was talking about biting off people's kneecaps and <laughs> it was kind of crazy. Wow. <laughs> what was going on with him? <laughs> so he, he was kind of crazy with that. Um, um, but he, I think he, he was a former tight end. Um, big dude. Um, I, I don't know that much about him um, other than the fact I think he was the interim coach for Miami Dolphins in 2015. Um, I think that's, that's, that's what I remember about him. But um but he's he, he let's see how that how he goes with that. Uh, I think the surprise hire of the of the year, in my opinion, was Brandon Staley's hire um, hired by the Chargers. Uh, I don't think I saw that. I don't even know. I mean, I know of him because he used to be the the Rams defensive coordinator, but a head coach. He's 38 years old too, man. I don't know. People are kind of going crazy with this whole anybody that has anything to do or anywhere around the um, the Rams head coach. Um, what's his name? Um, for some reason, he just skipped my mind. McVay. <laughs> anybody that ever had anything to do with McVay, for some reason, they, they need to hire, hire them, which is kind of ridiculous in my opinion. That's not – that should never be part of qualification for anybody, but whatever. Um uh, so I don't know what he's going to be. Um, there's, I mean, when guys get to get those jobs, it's because a lot of people love them uh, in, a certain, in, in the coaching circles and the front offices. But I, I don't know. I don't know too much about him. I didn't, I, I don't know. And to hire a defensive co- coach when you had a young kid that just blew the league off its limbs with uh, the way he performed last year, I don't know. Um, we'll see where that goes. Um, but yeah, but Arthur, I, Arthur Smith is. Um, sorry, uh, Chris. Um, right. Arthur yeah. Smith is 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 one of the guys I was really I was interested in, um, especially for the way he handled the offense and, like I said in our last episode, his background, the fact that he is willing to put uh, put his. Uh, family ties down and 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 go take uh, take on football, which is something that's very hard to take on. Um, I like I like that about him. I wanted to know more about him. So we'll see where that goes with him and and I I, I think with him and um, and Matt Ryan, I think they could do a do a lot of damage. Uh, um, we'll see what they do with that defense. That's that's the question in my opinion that remains to be seen. Yeah, I, I I agree with the charges. I was I was uh I was actually really surprised with Staley. I, I thought for sure Debo was gonna go there um just to connect an offensive guy with with her Herbert. I, I yeah. was I was actually yeah, I'm I'm actually surprised that that happened. Um that was that was the one that really surprised me. Uh Arthur Smith, you know, like he was a hot commodity. I wasn't overexcited about him coming here. Uh but um you know what? Going to Atlanta, that that kind of makes sense, I guess. Um, the uh, Urban Meyer, like you said, you know, this rah rah stuff that works in college. Nobody's coming up saying, "Coach, you know, 
it's it's going to work very differently. You know, Urban Meyer is used to having a whole team of, uh, of basically all Americans, you know, and now, and he gets, you know, he gets the players to come to him. You know, he's used to these guys coming through his door or, you know, him going down to whatever city and just, you know, talking to some kid and be like, come on, play for us in Florida, play for us in Ohio state. And they come running to him. That's not going to happen in Jacksonville. You know, I don't think people are running to go play for the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, I don't care who's the head coach. So um, the recruiting is going to be very different <laughs> with uh, with the NFL compared to college with him. Um, so it, it's it's going to be interesting because the guy is just, I mean, he's won everywhere he's been in college. So, you know, kudos to him there. But pros is a totally different ballgame. So I'm, uh, I'm curious to see how he does there. Um, and, uh, yeah, Dan Campbell – I don't, that was one of those, nobody, I don't think anybody really wanted to go to Detroit. That's one of those other spots, you know, we're talking about Houston. I mean, Detroit's just the place where, you know, we talk about it. I mean, Detroit's probably the worst run franchise of all time. And, you know, like, what are you going there for? Like, what's, what's luring you to Detroit, the team, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, you could go to almost oh, every other man. team and say, all right, the Chargers, hey, they got Herbert. They got a pretty good team anyway. You know, top 10 defense, top 10 offense. Oh, that, I'm going there. The Jets, they got tons of picks and a couple of young players. Maybe we could do something there. I mean, Detroit, there is just nothing there. So um, good luck to him <laughs> in Detroit. I would love to see Detroit win, but uh, I don't know. I just don't see it. But um, so – yeah, and now you know the last the last one that's remaining now is the is the Texans head coaching job. We were just talking about it, you know, and that's going to be interesting because there's some you know the big question right there with uh, with Deshaun Watson. What's going to happen? Trade him? Keep him? So uh, yeah, we're still not done yet <laughs> with these head coaching positions, but hopefully for the Texans soon. Yeah, we'll see. Oh, we lost our court, our 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 <laughs> offensive coordinator. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, but I think I think part of the coaching conversation, I think that needs to be had. Um, I think it's something that we've touched on a little bit, and the fact that again with the hiring of all these young kids that, that have very little um, assistant experience in the NFL, but they're hired to be the man uh, on, on, on teams where there's so many minority coaches that have such deep, a deep well of experience um, being assistants and just being around the league for so long and they can't sniff a job. They can't get an, even an interview. Yeah. I mean, it's so sad to watch this thing, man, the way it works out. It, it's crazy I know. how that works out. And um, you quicker get, you'll, you'll get an assistant job, but that's as far as you go. You know, um, um, the Jets were the only team to hire a minority. That's it. And that's what happens. There will be, there will be hires all the time and there'll be just one team um, that's willing to dip their toe into the minority pool. And that's kind of crazy 
when there's so many talented minority assistants in the NFL and, and none of them to and get an interview, true. but Dan Campbell, right, and get we, an interview, so, and 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 what's his name, the 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 Rams, um, and, and in no way, and, and the Colts, and, and please don't <laughs> get me wrong, in no way I'm trying to, uh, um, um, make say that these guys are somehow subpar talents in any way, you know, I am just saying, I had never heard about the about the the um about the possibilities of the Rams former defensive coach being up, being being up for a head coaching position anyway but when you listen to the listen to conversations from uh, about NFL uh, in around the NFL from NFL talking heads you hear the names of a lot of assistants and for some reason that never translates i don't get it yeah and you know what and the sad thing is too like we didn't even hear any of them getting interviews. I mean, right? I heard. Uh, who did we hear? Uh, we he I heard Frazier's name come up a little bit. Uh, you know, Leslie Frazier from the Bills. It's crazy. But that was and the enemy. That was really about it. As the ones that and and Deuce Daly got the interview with Philly, but I think they did that more as you know. Yeah. What, you've been here forever. You were playing here. You've been a coach here for the last few years. I mean, state. I mean, Deuce Daly goes all the way back to Andy Reid coaching i know yeah so he's been there as a as an assistant coach running for back. a long time yeah and i, I he's got to get an opportunity after this i mean come on and the players love the guy it's not like the players don't like him or something but yeah so something is it's it's sad it's a sad situation that you know the minority candidates are not getting more interviews more interest i mean it makes no sense i mean and now they're giving away draft picks if you hire one, you know, and or if you if you promote one, if you help develop one. I mean, come on, guys, what else do you got to do? <laughs> you know, like this is this is the thing. Yeah, you, you the 49ers just earned themselves a, a, a couple of draft picks because they literally took uh, uh, on a minority head coach, groomed him. And when somebody hired him, hired him, they got they got draft picks for that. The sad thing about it is that I can't believe that you literally have to incentivize people to do something, right. to do what's right. It makes no sense. I'll tell you, man, if I'm the <laughs> owner or if I'm a GM, I could care. I couldn't care less what color you are, man. I want to win. So if you're the right person for the job, boom, I want to hire you. So I, I don't get it. You know, yeah, they're, they're given incentives, but we should even be at this point. How many guys? And I mean, and I on. and I think I think it was the Hall of Famer uh, Shannon Sharp that was making the point about you know they the goalposts just keep being moved because they they at first saying saying that you have to have play calling experience and so on and so forth. How many of those guys have ever had play calling experience? Some of those guys have very little play calling experience, if any. Right. In the, in the last five years, some of the new head coaches that have been hired in the NFL are coming up from quality control coaches and, and assistant coaches that never even play call, never had not even an interim job. It's crazy. I know. It's, it's, it's a sad situation. I mean, and I don't know what else, like you said, they keep moving the goalposts. How close, how much more do you have to move it? You know, if you if you're incentivizing everything, if you're giving them picks, 
I mean, what else do you have to do? I don't get it. I just don't get it. Yep. I don't get it neither. Um, <laughs> yeah, shout, shout out to our very own uh, Aaron Glenn, um, the defensive coordinator yes. for the Lions. Um, I do, I do want to shout him out. Um, I guess they, I guess, you know, Dan Campbell, I know, I know people have been spoken very highly of him. So I just wanted to shout him out. Um, and, and the funny, and, and of course, you know, we, we always got to add something funny to it. Um, remember the Seahawks is looking for, still looking for an offensive coordinator. They have spoken yes. to Anthony Lynn. They have spoken to, uh, Doug Peterson. And of course, Mr. Adam Gaze. Mm-hmm. How is he even? We're just talking about hiring, uh, and this guy's still his name is still being talked about after what he's done here, after what he's done in Miami and Chicago. Why is this guy a guru? Get rid of him. Let him go to college or something. But this is ridiculous. <laughs> nah, let him go, Chris, because because you know Adam, Adam, Jamal Adams need to you know. Like he needs, he needs his karma. So you know, let, let him go. Let him go. Yeah, with. Course, yeah. <laughs> be the defensive coordinator in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> you know that what the hell? That's not even gonna work out. Oh man, that that sucks, man. Um, Philip Rivers decides to retire. Uh, Charmin, I'm. Um, because you speak speak more on Rivers in, in his career. I think I think some I think uh, what um, kind of uh, made made it a little bit more clear the kind of player he was for me because I, I as much as he was never one of my favorite players so it, I never really followed him that way but uh, JJ Watt tweeted out after learning that um, that Rivers was uh, was retiring that. It was the funniest thing for him to be lined up against Philip Rivers, and he comes to the line of scrimmage, and he calls out one of the Texans linebackers, and he says, "Hey, bro, you're out of line. You're you're out of position." And JJ Watt turning around and realizing that the linebacker was really out of position, that that uh, Philip Rivers understood the, his defense so, the Texans defense so well that he knew. That for the li- alignment that he could he was seeing that that linebacker was out of position. It's kind of crazy. That's some of that's the stuff of uh, legend basically of him and his legendary um, competitiveness. Um, that's one of the things that kind of stuck out to him um, to a lot of people. Um, and it's just a fiery guy, um, very good quarterback for a long time. Unfortunately, he came into the league at the time when some of the most notorious quarterbacks to ever play football came into the league. It's just ridiculous. The guys he played against, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, uh, Drew Brees. I mean, it, 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 you know, so the, I think I think, I think every time he ever made a playoff run or, or he ended up going up against one of those guys and get beat down by them. So, um I mean, I, I have no ba- ill. I have nothing bad to say about him. I loved his game. I know it, it was weird to watch the way he threw the ball, but uh, you can't argue with the numbers. You know that, that he was a good quarterback. You know, um, I, I I think I left out a name. Big Ben too was another one that that kind of was. You know, we know how good Big Ben was at the height of his powers. So um, Philip Rivers is still one of the better quarterbacks to ever play football, in my opinion. 
Now, the question of if he is a Hall of Famer, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I, don't I, I don't know. I don't know if he is. In my opinion, I don't. I wouldn't say that he is, um, but I would think that he'll still go down as one of the better quarterbacks to ever play football, though. I don't think he'll get in first ballot. I don't think he's that kind of a guy, but I think he eventually gets in. Um, you know, we, we've had a good debate or two about Eli Manning. <laughs> uh, and, um, and he's probably going to get in. Obviously, his name helps him out a lot. But um, I think if he gets in, then Philip Rivers has to go in because Rivers had – he doesn't have the two Super Bowls, but career numbers, he's much better than Eli. So, um, you know, Rivers right now is fifth in, in all-time quarterback passing yards. So – I mean, even higher than Marino. So um, I know it's a different game now than it was 20, 30 years ago. So I'm not comparing it, but still, Philip Rivers put up some big numbers. I think eventually he gets in. He's not a first ballot, you know, obviously, but um, he should get in. Great player. Um, like you said, he was a great trash talker, but he kept <laughs> it clean. So, yes, because <laughs> he's very religious. So, you know, good, good. God bless him on that one. But uh, he'll, he'll, he's, he's got to get in. I mean, when you look at some of the names that he's with, with his, with his career totals, I mean, he's up there with everything. So I, I think eventually he gets in. Yeah. Um, I agree with it. Um, 100%. Um, he played against, he played against the best, you know, at the yes. prime, Peyton Manning, uh, of course, Darrell Rivas. He played. He played against a lot. He played against a lot of great competition. And even though he didn't get a Super Bowl ring, um, he still finds himself one of the one of the one of the best of the best. You know, and then you gotta give him credit when credit is due. So shout out to you, Rivers. Wish you nothing but the best on your journey. And I'm guessing that's about it. You know. So and so before we review our Divisional games. Um, who we got for player of the week? Ooh. Hmm. Um, player of the week. Uh, I, I'm gonna Show say, in, Chris. Yeah, no, yeah, you go first. I I go first. Yeah, I, I think I think it goes. I think it goes without saying. Um, who was the player of the week? But uh, but um. I guess I have to say it. Um, this is Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, pretty simple. Yeah, I, I mean, credit. I mean, it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I just, I just, you know, I think, I think, um, I think we he played probably the better defense in the NFL this year. Um, I know they weren't without their 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 um, their number ninety nine. He, I mean, he was there, but he wasn't there, man. He was. That's not the guy we know. Um, um, Aaron Donald is he's a monster, and the fact that he was playing at probably fifty percent, even lower than that, was probably a, a, a reason why they were even a, able to take take uh, advantage of them. But what Green Bay did, um, winning that game against a, a run game, which I have had questions about. About the the about um about them um Cam Akers had only 18 carries for 90 yards um I I I love that I love that the the Packers were able to start um 
um, take over that game and literally force the Rams into a throwing match where the, the Green Bay is strongest. That's where they're strongest. So um, I was impressed at that. And you know what they do on offense, man. Everybody knows uh, 296, two touchdowns for Mr. Rogers. Um, and, uh, you know, they guys, I mean, we keep, we keep saying that they don't have weapons and all these guys just keep showing up. Uh, Alan Lazard for 96 yards and a touchdown. Uh, you know, we know what Devontae Adams is, what he could do um, with one touchdown and 66 yards and Robert Tunyon, 60 yards. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scandlin, I mean, they just, you know, they just do what they do. And and uh, Aaron, A- Aaron Jones is one of the better running backs in the NFL. And they really, really run the ball really well to the um, – um, this game, um, I think each running back was um, they average was over 4.5 yards. I think I think Dylan had 4.5, uh, Jamal Williams had 5.4, and Aaron Jones had 7.1 averaging. So basically, uh, so, the player of the week was the Packers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> yes, the Packers. I, I was very, I was very, I was. Um, there was another team too that kind of I, I felt the same way about. I think they were evenly. I would say the Bucks and what the Bucks did um, team-wise too. Kind of, I was really impressed about. But, but I'll give it to the Packers today. Uh, well, I, I'll I'll give you kind of get, walk me into the next one. But I, I I'll give my player of the week, uh, Devin White. I mean, defensively, he's all over the field. Ten tackles, eleven total. Um, he had a pick as well. Um, I think he had, did he have a fumble recovery? No. No, not that I remember. But anyway, definitely he was, he was all over the field. Uh, it's probably, hopefully this is Breeze's last game. Um, you know, Devin White, the defense as a whole played great. Um, and, um, but uh, I'll, I'll give it to Devin White. Yeah. Um, Mines, you, you have to give it to Stefan Diggs. Without Stephon Diggs, uh, the Bills had a real tough time with the Ravens, which was a good game. But I, I would definitely give mine to Stephon Diggs. Um, Diggs definitely held down the pack for that for that Bills offense. So, yeah, my mine will go go with Diggs. Um, and before we talk about the, but before we to review the games, um, let's speak on let's. Uh, Dwayne Haskins actually found the team. And as the Pittsburgh Steelers, shockingly, uh, <laughs> um, I guess you know our, our great friend Kyle said, I guess that means they don't they're not going to need Sam Donald no more. So boohoo. <laughs> hey, that's no. <laughs> nah, I, you know what? I'm happy he got a job. I'm happy he got a spot somewhere. I and mean, we don't know who the OC is going to be there yet. Uh, hopefully they can help him out. You know, I think he's got tons of talent. Obviously, we've seen that at Ohio State. We didn't see much of it in the NFL, but um, I think the talent's there. We, we've just seen it. It's more of a maturity issue with him. So that's something that he's got to get over. He's got to mature. You know, he's got to start playing like an adult. He's got to start acting like an adult. Um, so hopefully, uh, hopefully this change of scenery, kind of a reboot in his career, you know, hopefully the, the right offensive coordinator gets there and they kind of connect well because, you know what, he could get – he could fit in nicely in Pittsburgh, you know. 
um, it really comes down to can he connect with that offensive coordinator and can he mature? And, you know, let's hope it does work out for him. Well, there you go. He got he got a second shot. And um, a lot of people in this planet live their whole lives without getting a second opportunity, especially when they messed up the first one. So um, I hope he takes that and grabs it with both hands and does everything in his power to realize uh, the ceiling or, you know, realize his dream of being a starting quarterback in the NFL, a competent one. Um, but like Chris said, there's so many other dominoes that need to fall, see where that's, where that's leaded, where that's going to go. Um, and one of them is who his next OC is going to be, or offensive coordinator is going to be. So we'll see where that ends up. I mean, I'm happy for him. Um, sometimes uh, in life you have to fall to, un- to un- realize where you are and to pick yourself up, dust it out, dust the dirt off you and, and, uh, and start climbing again. So uh, mm-hmm. I hope he does. I hope he, he gets to where he wants to be. Yeah, God bless him. And we wish you nothing but the best in, in his future with, uh, with Pittsburgh. Um, but let's, re- let's start to review these games. Uh, Packers dominated the Rams. Uh, the Packers offense dominated the Rams defense, thirty-two to eighteen. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say Sharpen started. <laughs> he started basically. That was it. You know, like the offense. I mean, like you said, the weapons. The weapons are there, and and the one thing I think we didn't see with with Green Bay for most of this year. I'm gonna say I want to say almost the whole year. We didn't see that toughness on that offensive line. Uh, that we've seen in this game. We've seen an offensive line that like took over the game and they took over the game against perhaps the best defense in the whole league. Yeah. I know Aaron Donald was not a hundred percent. I mean, the guy had, it looks like he had one tackle all game. I mean, that's, that's insane for Aaron Donald and no sacks. But um, anyway, I think the offensive line, I mean, it showed me a lot. I mean, I did not think this, team or this offensive line had that kind of a game in them or that they were capable of doing that. Um, but, you know, like you said, you got Aaron Jones running the ball. You got Jamal Williams could run the ball. You got AJ Dillon. I mean, you got three running backs that could, they could just throw at you and they're going to be help. You know, they're going to be fresh because they're not going to give, you know, one guy 25, 30 carries, you know, Dillon had six, Jamal Williams had 12, Aaron Jones had 14 and they were just, like, boom, they were just coming at you, coming at you. And then, of course, you got Aaron Rodgers, you know? So, <laughs> uh, and then you got, you know, good luck stopping those guys. Then you got Devontae Adams, and you got, like you said, Lazard's out there, too, and Tanya and, and Scantling. So, um, they just took care of them, <laughs> basically. And offensively for the Rams, uh, you know, with, with Goff, I mean, if you stop the run and you put the game in Goff's hands, he wasn't horrible, but he wasn't that good either. Um, he made some big throws when he had to, but in the end, I mean, they only scored, what, 18 points. So, uh, you know, kudos to the Green Bay defense because they came up big. That's another one. Um, I, I think it's going to be interesting next week. Uh, I mean, this, this coming Sunday, you know, they got to stop Tampa Bay's offense now, but now the weather's going to come into play. You know, you're talking about below freezing, maybe snow. So if Green Bay could put together a running game like they did this past week against Tampa Bay, 
which is another good, really good defense, one of the top defenses in the league, you know, they, they got a good chance of winning. Um, but uh, Tampa Bay's got Tom Brady. <laughs> so um, it's not going to be Jared Goff back there throwing the ball. It's going to be Tom Brady, and he's got all of his weapons with him. So uh, that'll be interesting. But this game, I, you know, that's what it came down to. I think Green Bay just controlling the offensive line, controlling that line of scrimmage from the offensive side and defensive side too. You know, I mean, they were just solid. Okay. Yeah. Um, the, the, like I said before, all the things I said before about the Packers, um, I think I think are true. Um, one of the things about the Rams that kind of stood out to me was the, the absence of Cooper Cup. And if you've ever watched the Rams play offense, you would know that Cooper Cup is a cornerstone of what they do on offense. The fact that I think they really missed him out there um, I think, I think, I think that was one of the things that they missed a lot. Um, because a lot, because, uh, the other guys behind him really didn't step up. Um, Josh, Josh Reynolds, uh, was, was, uh, was three of three for 65 and, uh, and, uh, Van Jefferson was six for 46 with a touchdown. That was about it. A Cooper cup means a lot more to the, to the Rams organization or their offense than that. Um, but yeah, um, like you said, the the, um, the the injuries or the Rams defense and everything like that. But but I think more than anything, what Green Bay was able to do, stepping up, playing that kind of physical style of football, is what surprised me a lot, and which gonna um, it's gonna make an interesting um, next week, uh, this weekend uh, uh, game between the between the Packers and the Bucks. Uh, and again, Aaron Rodgers and, and Cole keeps on uh, proving proving the doubters, media, and and the people wrong that that they they belong in this league. You know, to belong in the top. And and I and I clearly said this game was going to be about um, what the company was going to do without Devontae Adams because you know Jalen Ramsey is the if not number one cornerback. Was going to put, you know, was going to give uh, Adams a hard time, which we was very excited to see. But man, woof! When you have the whole the whole company, including Adams, on a roll, Lord Jesus, it seems seemed like they could be unstoppable. But shout out to the Packers for the win. Um, we definitely can't wait to see this game coming up. Uh, next game, Bills. Uh, defensive game. Stop the Ravens. Uh, seventeen to three. Oh man! Um, again, uh, an underwhelming performance by the Baltimore Ravens in the playoffs. How many times do we we have to say that? Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there, there needs to be some kind of change uh, going forward for them. Um, um, they, they kind of, uh, they just, just struggled to run the ball um, with their both their running backs. Uh, 10 carries for 42 yards. Um, I, I don't know what the deal is. And, and Lamar Jackson with 162 yards passing and an interception. You can't win playoff games like that. that that's not, that's not how, we, how we, you know, <laughs> that's not how we do it. Um, so th- this was a product of the fact that the Bills is just, they're just a hot team right now, man. They, it's almost like everything they touch is gold. Um, it was a tough game because the the Ravens defense is a very good defense. 
Um, but but you could just tell that they just they came to play. Um, they were willing to do anything they could to pass the game. I mean, the 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 funniest thing for me was the fact that they did not run the ball that much. I think they only run the ball uh, from a running back nine times. I think seven times by Singletary and twice by T.J. Yeldon, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Um, um, Josh Allen throwing the ball 37 times, um, only only getting 206 yards. That's how difficult it was for them. Uh, the score was 17-3, so you know it was it was a difficult uh, game on offense uh, for the for the for Buffalo, but they still eked it out. Um, those are the kind of games that build character, in my opinion. So, um, I was imp- I was also impressed with with Buffalo and what they did. Yeah, you know what? And and this game, like you were saying, Baltimore couldn't run the ball, and this was a game that Baltimore should have won because it was perfectly set for them with the heavy winds that were there. Neither neither quarterback really, you know, had much success. You know, I mean, you said Josh Allen threw thirty seven times, only two hundred six yards. Other than Stefan Diggs, nobody really beat them bad. Um, and you said they, they, they didn't even run the ball, which was even more amazing. Um, but this is a game that kind of, it, it fell right into Buffalo, um, to Baltimore's lap, like their type of game to run the ball more, uh, keep, you know, short, short passes. And they just couldn't get the, that running game going at all. Uh, Lamar Jackson got hurt or, you know, whatever. He had to go to the, he missed what, some of the fourth quarter. Well, most of the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So not, not that he was much of a, you know, a factor anyway in the game. I mean, shit, they, <laughs> they should, well, that, that backup quarterback. He actually he, did better. He, he could have, he could, they should have scored 14 points. One of the passes um, missed, uh, what's his name? Hollywood Brown, I think. Um, Hollywood. Yeah, that was and, the win. And the other, win and that was an easy touch. That was an easy touchdown, but I guess it's due to the win. And then remember they got down the field too with like, I think in like two or three minutes, something like that. It was some points. It was some points there for the Ravens. They just couldn't execute. Yeah, yeah. talking about that, Davin, just to just to make that point you're just talking about there. One of the I think the nail in the coffin was that interception that that uh, Lamar Jackson threw in the end in, in the oh, end. Yeah. yeah, that was returned for what was like 103 yeah. yards, yeah. 106 back, yards, yeah, and down back for a touchdown. Um, yeah. I that think was, I think that was the that, game changer right there, <laughs> right? And and the, and and that and the fact that he telegraphed the pass, um, down in the end zone, you don't make that, you don't no. ever <laughs> telegraph a pass down there, man. Everybody's watching your eyes. You have to be able to manipulate <laughs> the players enough to get the ball in there. Um, I think everybody in the field knew where that ball was going anywhere. Anyway, was, that's why. Uh, yeah, that's why Baltimore early. needs to be a, a better, do a better chance at. A better uh, at giving him better weapons on the outside, in my opinion, because you know I I don't I, I don't see what they could do. It was way too uh, early to, to be forcing a pass like that in the end zone because at that time it was only 10-3. You know it was uh, end of the third quarter at the time. So even if you know what, even if you don't get in, I mean I think that was on first down too that he intercepted it. But um, crazy. Even if even if you don't get in, I mean worst worst case scenario you you, you kick a field goal and it's ten six. You know, and you're like, all right, all right. You know, we're still in this game. It's fourth quarter. We're down by four points. You know, it's not the end of the world. But the big thing, too, if you want to look at it, Justin Tucker missed two field goals. Yeah, I was about to say that. Yep. Mm -hmm. I think they said he's missed four field goals down the playoffs. 
over in his career, and three of them came this year because he missed one last week and two this week. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Which is ridiculous. I mean, the points was in the Ravens' lap, and they couldn't execute. The game was in their in their hands. They just couldn't execute. It wasn't the best offense from Josh Allen. Um, like I said, without Diggs, it went. The offense was 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 trash, and the Ravens' defense did the best they could. They did the best they could, and that's all you can ask for, especially against Josh Allen. That could that could do both run and throw. So they only gave up ten points. (laughs) <laughs> yes, which was very yeah, impressive. Very true. I think yep, going in, if, if you know, if they were like, all right, you know, defense is only going to give up ten points, they would take that any day of the week against mm-hmm. Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So, the game was definitely on the Ravens' lap. They just couldn't yeah. execute. But shout, well, Buffalo's in it, so I, I guess we gotta say shout out to Buffalo. Um, uh the weird, the weirdest, the weird. I'm gonna say the weirdest game. Uh, the Chiefs beat the Browns, twenty-two to seventeen. Definitely an up and down game. I mean, uh, there were so many big plays. Obviously, everybody was talking about the fumble in the end zone um, by the Browns, and that that was a that was that changed everything too. Uh, that was the first time things started to change really in that game. But uh, you know, like nobody likes that. Nobody likes that that call. If the you know if the offense fumbles the ball into the end zone. Uh, it's called a touchback, and then the defense gets it at their 20, you know, at the 20-yard line. Um, yeah, that's a ridiculous call. It's a ridiculous call, but I, I think, to be honest, what I would I, – I, to make it fair, if it's fumbled in the end zone, whoever, re, you know, recovers it, gets it, and it goes back to the 20. You know, like if, <laughs> if the offense gets it, then they get it back at the 20. If the defense gets it, obviously they get it at the 20. But, you know, to just say, all right, the defense gets it, uh, it, it, that's a tough call, but you know what? That's, that's, that's what it is. So that's the rule. And then of course, you know, we've seen the, the play with, um, the other play I thought was, was big with, uh, Mahomes when he got, you know, concussed or whatever. Um, that was a big play too, because that knocked him out of the game. And, you know, before we get to the big balls game, uh, the big balls call by, uh, by Andy Reid later on, to clinch it i thought you know what this play yes it was it's a well-designed play i get it and he got and he scored the touchdown actually on the on that run earlier um but it's kind of weird because you're putting your quarterback in harm's way too many times i think when you need one yard you're up by two scores i think it was 22 10 at the time uh yeah i think it was 22 10 at the time you're in the fourth quarter you're looking to just run the clock out or at least start to, you know, start to run the clock a little bit. I mean, I don't think that was a play that Mahomes had to make, you know, that's a, that's a play. You got a running back. You've been able to run the ball pretty decently during the game. I would have, I would have went with my running back there. I don't think I would have, because eventually you keep putting Mahomes out there like that. Someone's going to eventually get to him, unfortunately. And he's going to, you know, he's going to get hurt. You know, the more you put him out there, the more you, you, you know, you, you give him those many chances to get hurt. Eventually he's going to get hurt. You know, there's a reason why Brady was never hurt in his career. You wouldn't see Brady, not that Brady could probably run that far anyway, but you know what? He was never put in that position to get a, a concussion or whatever. So I thought that, you know, I know a lot of people are going to disagree with me, but I just think, you know, keep, running Mahomes like that 
it's going to catch up to him eventually. So to me, that was a, an iffy call. But later on in the game with, um, with Chad Henney, with his big run to set up the fourth and inches um, to clinch it at the end there, because if Cleveland gets the ball back, you know, we felt that momentum going. If Cleveland got the ball back, they would have scored. And then with uh, Chad Henney, uh, the fourth and that was, that was, I, I said it, that was a Hall of Fame call by Andy Reid <laughs> on that fourth sprint, and yeah. Sprint right, sprint right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, everybody with thought. With a backup gonna, quarterback. Yeah, I mean, everybody <laughs> thought, to be honest, that he was going to see if they could, you know, get get the Cleveland to jump off sides, you know, and then maybe punt the ball at that point. But um, that was great. I mean, I nobody's seen it, even Tony Romo, who's right nine out of ten times was wrong on that play. He said, oh, they, you know, they're going to try to draw him off sides and then call a timeout. That didn't happen. Chad Henney calls the play, rolls out, little throw and first down, and that's the game. But, yeah, um, yeah I, that was that's a Hall of Fame call by Andy Reid, without a doubt. So, yeah, there's not that many coaches in the NFL that, could, that, that would be able to have the, like you said, uh, pineapples to, yeah, to, to that make that. Yeah, one. And you know to, what? To call that. And so far, Mahomes looks fine. So he'll be, you know, he'll be playing this week. But that's it. You know what? He's dodging bullets there. And that's not what you want to do with your, you know, with your franchise quarterback. I mean, I know he's able to run. But in that situation, or maybe a quarterback sneak, or, you know, you just, you run the ball. You know, I mean, you got capable running backs. And you're able to run the ball. I mean, Daryl Williams was running the ball pretty well. 13 carries, 78 yards. You got Le'Veon Bell, not that he had that much, you know, he only had a couple of carries, but um, that's a, that's, that's somewhere where I, I think, I don't know. I don't know how, how you guys feel, but that's how I felt about that. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, I just want to say shout out to Tariq Hill. Tariq Hill was the one that made that, that play for Chad Henry. I think Hill made a couple of big plays for, uh for the Chiefs, even while Mahomes wasn't there. So yeah, Hill, Definitely helped down him and Kelsey. Him and Kelsey did they thing. Um, I just think at the end of the day, if they got Mahomes, I I can see them beating the Bills, so forth and so forth. But they definitely need Mahomes for the Bills because the Bills seem like the Bills defense is doing a wonderful job. So, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Yeah. Uh, uh the last game, the Bucks. Beating the Saints, and which is going to probably be Drew, Drew Brees' last game. Um, Bucks won thirty to twenty. Yeah, I mean, I hope so because you know what? We've seen this story the last three or four years with New Orleans in the playoffs. I mean, Brees is just—he just can't throw down fields. I mean, past ten yards, he just can't do it. So teams are just playing up on him, and he just can't do it. You know, and even I think what was it Aikman or Joe Buck brought it up and he's like, he just cannot throw the ball downfield. And eventually, you know, teams see this and they just, you know, I don't know. I mean, the furthest ball was Winston, you know, on that trick play through the 50 yep. yard pass. <laughs> yeah. I mean, other than that, it was breeze. It's breeze, you know, it's, it's, but we've seen this the last three or four years and we see it coming. It's, it's, it's sad. I mean, obviously, Breeze, Hall of Famer, no doubt. The guy's a great guy. But we've seen this the last three or four years. And it's sad to see 
that this guy that you know that he, it's the same story and you know it's been a couple of years now and it's 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 sad i think it's sad i, I you know i agree he's one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever live you know and he's he's going out the same way the, the last three or four years in the playoffs the same exact way he can't throw you know past 10 15 yards so and and yeah with velocity and that's the problem he will throw 15 yards but it's not it's like a you know a floppy little throw you know <laughs> and 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 unfortunately that's bad and i think it was i think it made it even worse the fact that he was playing with all these injuries which his wife tweeted out something about him playing with all these 11 broken ribs and and yeah. torn partially torn labrum and all these <laughs> weird ass injuries i mean when you're that old you know in sports years as of, of course it's bad it's bad to try to wake up every morning and, and and do your job with that kind of pain and go and play a football game where everybody's is literally trying to get you you know um and i think i think this year kind of culminated in and 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 kind of the same way like chris said that we've seen in the last couple of years i think we, it was a little bit more predictable because we knew he wasn't 100 percent even when he's 100%, he does not have top velocity throwing the ball on more than 20 yards down the field. So imagine when your ribs is messed up and your labrum is torn. You can't throw the ball at all. So, um, man, listen, uh, like Chris said, I think I wish him the best. I, I, I wish it was different because I think when we have players of that, of that caliber, we want to see them right off into the sunset on a good note. And this definitely wasn't a good note. Um, but on the other hand, um, the Bucks are hitting their stride, man. Um, I think I think some of you guys said it um, in the offseason that if that team gets to hit their stride, hit their stride running, um, they're going to be a problem. And we, you could see it. You could see um, they played a pretty good defense, and they little by they just started getting eating them up little by little. Um, and not all their players were playing well. So imagine if they have some of those weapons step up, how, how good of a team that could be. So um, I think I'm, I'm, I'm really I'm in love with uh, um, the, the linebackers, uh, Levante David and, and, and White that play, that play for, the, for them. These guys are ridiculous. It, the speed, the, the, the knowledge of the game, um, the anticipation, it's it's one of the things that I, I I really like about linebackers that play like that. I really like to watch them play, so I'm I'm I was impressed by that too. Um, uh, yeah, uh, but still a sad game to see Drew Brees go out like that though. Um, now, wish him nothing but the best, Drew Brees Hall of Famer. At least he got him a Super Bowl ring, and even Michael Thomas played with injuries, so you know it's it's very hurtful. It's very, it's, um, it's very hurtful. So, yeah, um, I guess that's it. You know, shout out to the Bucks on the win. So, uh, let's let's do our um, let's do our previews. Um, Bucks against the Packers. I, you know what, this is gonna be a good game, and I think the weather is gonna play a big part. Um, it's supposed to be cold. It's supposed to be below freezing. Uh. I thought it would said 50% chance of snow. So I think that's going to be a big part. Um, 
both quarterbacks. I don't think it's going to affect the quarterbacks because Rogers obviously is used to it. Brady playing in uh, New England his whole life. Um, so I don't think the weather is going to affect him. It's going to be the, the rest of the guys. Are they going to be able to throw the ball? And then it comes down to, are you going to be able to run the ball? And Green Bay, the way they ran the ball last week, if they could do that, they're, they're going to be in great shape. But also Tampa Bay ran the ball very well too. They got two two really good running backs, Fournette and, and Jones. So um, this is going to be, a, I think it's going to be a really tight game. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a high scoring game, but uh, it's definitely going to be a tight game because Tampa Bay's defense is playing well. Green Bay, we seen last week, played very well too. Um Man, this is gonna be a really good one. I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> the matchups, up. the matchups across the board. Um, the 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 um the Packers pass rushes against against the Bucks uh offensive line, especially their tackles, who, who who's who've been pro bowlers, man, this year. They've they, these tackles, especially Tristan Wirfs, who who um coming into the league, I heard people talking about him moving him into guard, which was kind of ridiculous. I didn't think I thought he would be a good tackle. I did not think he would be Pro Bowl level tackle like he's been. Um, he, he's 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 been balling a lot, and and they have uh, players all over that line that are, that have played over that have played so well. Same thing with the Green Bay Packers and and their pass rushes. Uh, we 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 remember them um, getting um, the Green Bay getting them the what was it last year that they got them? What if that's the first complete year they played together? Um, we know what they could do. Um, Jair Alexander, the Packers cornerback, is one of the best in in, in the league. Um, it, it's 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 going to be a matchup, man. They have they have talent everywhere on offense and defense. And of all what we've said, we still haven't spoken about the two best quarterbacks that we've ever seen play football. Right. So so this is going to be entertaining, man. I'm, I'm nobody call me. Uh, I'll be watching that game. Trust me. No doubt. And you know what? And both games right now, more so with Green Green Bay, like I said, it's going to be 50% chance of snow and it's going to be below freezing as a high. The high is going to be like 28 degrees. So that's going to be a big one. And in Buffalo, the weather, I mean, I'm sorry, in Kansas City, the weather is a little bit warmer, like in the low, 40, uh, low 40s, high 30s. And you're talking about a 50% chance of probably rain because it doesn't look like it's going to be below freezing. So that might also, you know, affect that game as well. So, but those two but quarterbacks will be too hot, man. Not yeah. even that cold would stop them. <laughs> yeah. No, the green Bay temp, that one, I think the weather's going to affect more in that way in the cold, because, um, you know, if it's going to be a windier game, you know, how, how they can be able to throw the ball, stuff like that. So, um, We'll see, man. And both teams have good running games. So that's the other thing about Green Bay Tampa yep. Bay. Yep. So I think it's going to be, you know, just like any other game. I mean, this is kind of stupid to say, but whoever controls that line of scrimmage is really going to win this game, it seems like. More so than you, 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 you couldn't speak more truth than what you just said, man. But um, I predict that the Green Bay Packers will be going on to the Super Bowl. Well, mm-hmm. I'm going to go, if we're picking, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. I just, I don't know. I just think Tampa Bay is a little bit better. Uh, I know Green Bay's at home and they do have some fans there, but I, I, I like Tampa Bay myself. 
Uh, we can't forget about um, Zadarius Smith. Zadarius um, Smith. That's who I was looking for. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Devin. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he was dominating, Lord Jesus, all over the field, all over golf. Um, yeah. I can see the same thing happen. This game is going to be about the quarterbacks. Which quarterback is going to dominate the most? And Aaron Rodgers has been so hot. <laughs> I I I don't see the I don't see the Bucks stopping him. Um, it's it's too hard to call it. So um, my my prediction will be the Packers in in this game. And the final game is of course the Chiefs and and the Bills. So we we can pre um, preview that and predict our our last game for that one. Yeah, I I I think also too it should be a good one. But I mean. Kansas City. I mean, if Mahomes is healthy, and it looks like so far he is, I mean, he's just unstoppable. Buffalo's defense played great last week, without a doubt. Not taking anything away from them, they played awesome. Only gave up a field goal. Um, but uh, and Kansas City's defense, it could be scored on. You could see that they're not gonna they're not gonna shut you out. You know, they're not gonna play great. You know, that great. Um, they're a beatable defense, but Kansas City's offense is just sometimes it's just unstoppable. Um, and I think Buffalo might have problems stopping that that offense a little bit. So uh, I'm, I'm going to go Kansas City. Yeah, I'm going to go Kansas City, too. But um, but one of the things that people keep forgetting, one of the reasons why that defense um, could could shine sometimes is because Patrick Mahomes goes on those runs where he puts points up and you're trying to chase him. And then all of a sudden you got to face Clark and Jones. Uh, as pass rushes, and they were almost unstoppable, the two of them together. So um, two Pro Bowl pass rushes, uh, one on the interior, one on the outside. Uh, it is, it is, they were a handful to play, and, uh, and uh, they have one of the better uh, safety slash corners um, in, in, in Matthew um, out there just, you know, predicting every pass and figuring out where to go. He, he is something else, man. He's, he's to, to watch his, his career trajectory is, is one of the more impressive players in the NFL. Um, so, so, so this is going to be an interesting game, in my opinion. Um, my question, like you said, Chris, the, the biggest question mark here is the Bills' defense. And if the Bills are going to go into this game throwing the ball as much as they did against, against the Ravens, they're done. They're yeah. not going to be able to throw the ball that many times against the Chiefs and survive. And that's that's what my primary worry is reason for picking the Chiefs is because I have not been able to see the, the Bills run the ball well this season at all. And that worries me. They can't run if they can't run the ball, I don't think they have a chance at beating the Chiefs. And you know what? And and last year, I mean last year, last last week, I you know what the you're talking about those guys on the defense, they really didn't get to um uh, Baker Mayfield at all. I think they only had yeah. one sack. So yeah, that offensive line is very good. The Browns, yeah, offensive no, the line Browns is... did very well in that sense. So very good. Yes. And I think too, like when you're talking about it, you got to add in. I, you know, we just said it's not going to be great weather on Sunday yes. in Kansas City. It's it might might be raining. You know, you're talking about low 40s, high 30s type of game with rain. That's not the best to pass the ball. So if they're going to throw the ball 30 something times. 40 times against Kansas city. That's, that's, uh, that's not a good recipe to win the game. So they got to get some kind of running game going. If they don't get a running game going this, this week, like you said, they, I think they're done. So, 
Well, you could say a big a big toe injury didn't stop Mahomes from from dominating that Browns defense. Lord, Mahomes <laughs> is all over that Browns. Before he got injured, he was all before he got concussed, he was all over that defense. Lord, <sighs> and if he does that against the Bills defense, it's gonna be it's gonna get ugly really fast. So, um. But I but I'll pick the Chiefs to dom the the win that game as well. Uh, Chiefs and Packers. Um, that that'll be that'll be one of the um, even even if it's the Bucks, it's gonna be one of those. Um, a lot of people's gonna watch it. You know, now that'll, that'll be the one one good game for the ages. Yeah. Um, no doubt. So, right. Um, and I think uh, Chris, what what was the records? What's the playoff record so far? I, I know you in the lead. I think by by one game. I think. Yeah, you. Uh, this past week, um, I went, I went uh, two and two. Davin went two and two, and Shaman went one and three. So right now, oh lord, yeah. So right now, <laughs> I'm at uh, I'm at six and four. Davin's five and five, and Shaman's five and five. Yeah, so if 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 me and Sharmy win this game and we all tied, then I guess I guess we all will be tied for the Super Bowl. And there, there it go. <laughs> there you go. No, that works out perfect. <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be great. Right. That'll be that'll be one that'll be one for the ages because eventually one of one of well two of us gonna have to win or maybe all three of us gonna have to win. Who know? <laughs> but but that's it for the podcast. Make sure you follow us. On Twitter, Just Fans Podcast. Um, leave us some feedback. We do this for y'all every week. Until next week, we take a flight. Take flight. Take flight.